I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome to Dadtastic, a podcast about two dads. One of us knows what a haiku is, the other's Tom. Do you not know it? You is it ra- like a lasso? No. A haiku? Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's kind of a poem. Uh, it, it has like five lines, but never mind. I don't want to go way over your head, you know, because I'm the educated one, and you're kind of just the jokester. Okay. I disagree, but uh, nonetheless, we move on. Hey, Kate had a pretty rough weekend. Oh, Lord and Savior Kate, what mm-hmm. happened? I know. Uh, so let's start off with uh, late last week, mm-hmm. uh, Thursday. I think it was Thursday night. Maybe it was Friday night. Mm-hmm. She um, she starts screaming from the upstairs. Uh-oh. Yeah. And I'm downstairs. What instantly goes through your head? Something with bubbles? No. There's a, there's a spider? Yes. Uh, there's a deal at Free People? No, no, no. The... the, the the sc- there's a certain scream or something that she'll make. That, so you know that it's serious. Spider. Spider. Every time. Okay. Every, t- without fail. Mm-hmm. It is a spider every single time. And, lo and behold, it was another spider. This one was outside the house. Mm. I'm saying, Kate, what do you want me to do? It's outside the house. She's like, it's coming in. And I'm like, hold on, Kate, it's outside. How did she know the spider was coming in? Was it making its way to the door? Did it have a paper tucked no, underneath no, no, one of its eight arms? No, no, it was just sitting there peacefully in its little web. Okay. So we have a, we have a bedroom, as I, I'm sure most people that, that have a house and have a bedroom. In America, it's pretty standard. And we have two windows in our bedroom. Oh. Uh, one of them is uh, the, right behind our bed, I guess. So, um, uh, and that's the front of the house. Yeah. And there's curtains that kind of cover the window, right? Give us some privacy. But Privacy. But uh, nonetheless, it's, it's, it's right there. Anyway, she's getting in bed one night and the curtains are yet to be closed and she sees this shadow in the corner of the window. Mm-hmm. And it's a spider. And it's and granted, like, I have killed... Hun- and, and for spider lovers out there, I do apologize. I, I've killed hundreds of spiders in my time. They have their place in our ecosystem. Yes. And, and I'm okay with spiders, especially here in Utah. I'm yet to come across a spider where I go, whoa. I don't know if I want to touch that with a tissue. Mm. Like, that's a jar job, you know? Do you know what a jar job is? Yeah, you take the jar and you put it over it, and then yeah. you scoop something in there, and you take it out in the wild, yeah. and you let it leave. So in, so in Australia, there are a lot of jar jobs. Because big spiders, kind of creepy, you know? And, like, to, to, to kill it by pushing a tissue up against it when it's the size of your palm probably isn't a great idea because its legs will somehow wrap around your fingers and next thing you know, you'll turn into Spider-Man. Yeah, well, that's how it happens. Right, so anyway, nonetheless, I see this spider, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty scary. Jar job. She wouldn't go to sleep. She's like, I'm not, I can't sleep with the spider above my head, albeit outside the bloody window. Mm-hmm. 
So I have to take bubbles for a handful of minutes. She has to run to the store, grab spider killer spray. Because I said, look, I'm not going to... And I'll put the spider up on our social channels. If you don't follow us, please do. It's at Dadtastic, really, on Instagram, Facebook, and I believe we're on YouTube. So she went to the store to get spider killer. Yeah, and I had to go and kill the spider with this spray. (laughs) Don't you think you could have used hairspray, Pam, or anything? Uh, I I, I don't know. I bet you could have. Probably. Yeah. But the spider was unique. It had hairy legs, Mm -hmm. and then it had a back that was colored... I think it was like a white back, and it almost had like a smiley face on the back. Maybe like a wolf spider or something? Yeah, I, I, my brother-in-law sent me a, a message as to what the spider was, and apparently it was harmless, very friendly, in fact. Oh, yeah. Uh, but boy, that was quite traumatic. So um, I, I, killed, I killed a few spiders over the weekend, and, and they are, uh, that's like, Freddy could, or Bubbles could fall off the side of the bed. Which he hasn't yet done, and maybe we need to talk about that because... Eventually he will. Eventually he it, will. It happens. It's a rite of passage for most people. Yeah, so he could fall off the bed and Kate could scream. The scream she makes when she sees a spider is way worse than really I can ever imagine a scream being. I think in Utah, and I'm not 100% sure on this, but I'm going to go like I am. Uh, there's only a couple spiders that could really hurt you. Okay. There's the brown recluse. The recluse. The recluse. And uh, that's, a, that's a pretty deadly spider. And then the black widow. Hmm. Not the black widow that kills her husband and takes all his money. It's hmm. a real spider. It's black, and it's got like a little red-shaped hourglass on its tummy. And if you find those, you want to stay away from those. Yeah. And, you know, with the, with the fall here, a lot of the spiders are coming from the outside, inside, looking for a place to nest during the winter. So they'll find some, you know, some dark places, some cubbies inside of shoes and stuff like that. So you want to be a little cautious about that. So today we're getting the house sprayed. Are you? Yeah. That's, a, that, that's a, probably a good move. Yeah. Did you know that we have tarantulas here in Utah? They're up in the mountain. They're down really? in the desert. Yeah. Like I remember being a kid, and I grew up in the biggity-biggity, oh, that's Ogden to everybody else else but every once in a while the neighborhood would get buzzing and things would just happen and be like there's a tarantula and like a tarantula would just be walking down the middle of the road and everyone would come out and like whoo oh you know and they get all giddy and stuff like that and there was always that one kid that was like i'll get it yeah no i don't like that person i'm, I'm you know so i'm kind of like do you know who uh, indiana jones is of course yeah did you was he big over in australia yeah yeah but so, wasn't it a she that's laura croft Lara Croft, man, I loved Lara Croft. The Tomb Raider, which is basically a fan of the Tomb. Raider. Yeah, basically your version of our Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, he hated spiders and he hated snakes, and so I'm kind of that guy. I mean, I I'm not a big fan of snakes, not a big fan of spiders. I mean, I'll touch them. I mean, from Bowden's uh, probably seventh birthday. There's this place, and his name is Kerry, and I forget his last name, but he he owns this company called uh, Creatures Encounters. And he'll come to your house, and he'll bring snakes, spiders, turtles. And so for my seventh birth, seventh, Bowden's seventh birthday, he had this tarantula crawling on his face. And he was like, Dad, this is the best thing ever. I'm not into that, man. It was cool in that moment because you figured it was probably pretty cool. Like at one point during the party, you'll go up to Carrie, and you'll be like, hey, what's going on? And you go, mm-hmm. And you go, cat got your tongue and he'll open his mouth and a tarantula will come crawling out of his mouth onto his face it's awesome no i'm not into that one bit but what if your son is then uh that's gonna be an issue because we're not gonna let i guess we're not gonna let him Hmm. i'm just telling you i'm pretty good with spiders kate is not like she she wants all of them dead but and that's like, weird because she wanted to save the blue jay from the hawk. Oh my goodness! And you guys are drowning gophers any chance you get. But 
It's it's bloody National Geographic over at our house. Thanks for bringing that up because yeah. we need to talk about that. So we're sitting at the dinner table, yeah, and I'm on. We're FaceTiming uh, Mum back home in Australia, Gran, uh, to Bubbles, and all of a sudden we hear this whack on the window, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm like, oh my goodness, what was that? And then I see feathers stuck to the window. Okay, I want to stop you real quick because although I'm old, you might be older. You know, we talked about this on a previous episode. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. It's the bonus episode that was released on Saturday. Oh, my goodness, we didn't. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it because it's mind-boggling. It's amazing. Long do you do any short. preparation for this show? Uh, very little. Part of the reason was I was in a rush to get here because I had to clean the window wells for the Spider-Man to come. So I'm all sorts of fuzzled. Okay, so you, I was going to bring this up because punctuality is not a strong point for you. No, I kind of make up expressions as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a trait my mom has. Okay. So uh, I, I just kind of say what I think the expression is, yeah, and then and then and then more often than not, anybody that has a brain and that and knows the expression mm-hmm. is is going to correct me on that, and I'll say, yeah, you're probably right, but just go with it, would you? Okay, so you want me just to go with it? No, we don't have to go through the story. Long story short, a, a, a hawk with a blue jay in its claws rammed into the window, and uh, and then I went to try and protect the blue jay, um, although it was in the middle of the hawk's claws yeah and then the hawk flew away the whole time your wife's back in the house just killing spiders like they're nobody it's wild anyway and then listen to this so i can't wait it's this is pretty big okay so i get so it's saturday night yeah and uh we're over at the in-laws uh my sister-in-law because uh it's it's a birthday we're celebrating a birthday and uh, no we're celebrating a baptism sorry one of her child children got baptized and Anyway, they're LDS, and we were there to support them, and that's, that was fun. And they made tri-tip. They smoked tri-tip, Ooh. which was sensational. Right? Smoke tri-tip can play. Yes. Anyway, uh, we're over there, and, um, <clears throat> and uh, I'm having a, a brain fart. I can't remember where I was going with it. Oh, no, no, no. So okay. she, gets, she gets a phone call. She gets a phone call. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. She gets a phone call, and then she gets off. She's smiling, and she's looking at me. She's like, you're going to hate me. And I'm like, what? She's like, I'm going to go play golf with my friend tomorrow morning. And I'm like, what? I'm like, you hate golf. She's like, I know, but I'm going to go hit balls at the driving range. Yeah. And uh, at the country club. Salt Lake? Yeah. Ooh, bougie. And I'm like, hold, hold on a second. I'm like, I didn't think you were allowed guests there. Oh, you can now. Well, I don't know. I think she might have gone and pretended to be the sister of her friend. Oh. A little sneaky. But nonetheless, she went to the country club. And I live right by the country club. Yeah. Just on the other side of the freeway. So I drive by it almost every day, and I haven't played there. And I'm really quite bitter about it, because I'd love, obviously, as a golf lover, I'd love to go play the Salt Lake Country Club. It's fabulous. And Kate, who hates golf... Gets to go. Gets to go. So anyway, they go and play golf, and she comes back, and you'll never guess what happened. What? So how many rounds of golf in your life do you think you've played? Um, more than I can count. Exactly. And you probably spend... Hours upon hours, in the hundreds of hours at a golf course. She didn't get a hole-in-one. No, she didn't get a hole-in-one. She got hit by a golf ball. Oh, man. <laughs> and, then, and I'm like, what? <laughs> On the driving range or was she out playing? No, so, so she was driving back. They were driving back to the golf the clubhouse. Uh-huh. And I guess there's a green, obviously. It must have been 9 or 18. One of the greens right by the clubhouse, there was a, there was a, a gentleman in the bunker. And he must have just bladed a... A golf ball out of the bunker. Where'd it hit her? It hit her in the thigh. Got a bruise? Yes. It looks like she's been shot with a paint gun. That's dangerous. 
And I'm like, you got hit by a guy. I mean, like, I'm with you. I, I must have spent, I don't know, a week at the golf course. You have, however many hours, that, a lot of hours at a golf course, just never been hit before. And she spent, she could count the hours on one hand. She's probably been on a golf course four hours. Did, did the guy yell four? No, so she, well, four after the fact that she'd already been hit. Which doesn't help. And, and so I said, well, why didn't you go down like a bag of potatoes and, and, and pretend like, you know, you, you had back pain or something and then start screaming, I need a free membership. Ooh, I like where your head is. Yeah. I, I was going to go with suing them, but free membership's just as good. Yeah, well, it's, you come to an agreement like, hey, I won't sue you, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get a, if I can have a free membership, even just for a year. Yeah, sure. Just for a week. Yeah. Anything. Just give me a, or just a free round of gold. Give me something. But she didn't. But yeah, can you believe that? That's insane. That's insanity. So she was hit with a golf ball, and uh, and then she, she, so she hit her on the thigh, and somehow got her, and it hit her hard. She said, she said uh, it hit her middle finger or index finger or one of the two, and and paint splashed from the golf ball. There must he must have had, and uh, so it hit this finger. I think so. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Will you get? Will you give me the bird? No, I was just asking which finger. Did a little clarification for yeah. the people at home. Yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask you something. I can't believe it. Because I was sitting on the couch watching okay. my stories, NCIS New Orleans. You know what I mean? Seeing what they're up to. Kate loves that too. I, I'm a big fan of them. All of them. You put NCIS in front of anything, I'll watch it. And, and, and my girlfriend, Leslie, she'll be like, this is the worst TV I've ever seen. I'm on Leslie's side. I'm like, this is amazing stuff. I'm invested in the characters. I want to know what's going on. I do a little research afterwards just when people leave to see why they left. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. So I'm sitting there, and I'm watching my son, and he goes, hey, Dad, time me. i got to ring for 20 minutes. But I was like, okay, because we're doing some homeschooling. Got to what for 20? Read. Read, sorry. Okay, yeah. yeah, he's got to read for 20 minutes. And so I was like, okay. And normally, last year, we'd have done this. It would have been one minute into, he's like, am I done? And I was like, no, son, you just barely started. So I start the clock. I'm watching NCIS New Orleans, catching up you know, on, on what's going on. And I get through a whole episode. And I look over, and he's still reading. And I'm like, hey, bro, you're done. And he's like, oh, I am? Okay, Dad. He goes, hey, this is a really good graphic novel. And I'm like, what? He goes, Dad, I'm really into graphic novels. And I was like, whoa, when did this come about? You know. And so graphic novels, if you don't know, they're like comic books, and they're, they, you kind of go in-depth on you know, stories, but there's good pictures and all that stuff. And that's his jam. Graphic novels. Yeah. So, so what's the, the novel? What's the book? Uh, it was something about bones or something like that. And I was like, you know, we could probably get you some comics. Because he's nine now. And when I talk with my ex-wife and I talk with my girlfriend, we're trying to figure out what he's into. You know, like we wanted to sign him up for basketball. And he's like, nah, Dad, I don't want to do basketball. Soccer, nah. You know, he doesn't want to do any of that stuff. But he really uses his imagination and loves doing stuff like that. So I'm thinking... He's creative. He's, yeah, creative. And I thought I was, I was a creative kid as well, but I also like to get out and, and do those other stuff. And so it was kind of weird because I was like, maybe this is, what he, maybe this is his. Maybe he's not going to be an athlete. Maybe he's not going to do that kind of stuff. Maybe he's going to be. And I think I'm cool with it. Are you, are you okay with that? Th- that's what I'm saying. I think I am. I don't know yet because I don't think he's given his energy at trying a sport. Like we took him to karate. But it was dumb. You know, we signed him up for the introduction classes, and he cut the, broke the, the board with his fist, and he thought that was really cool. But I went to every one of his karate classes, 
And it was just like an hour being babysat because they weren't really learning. Like, I was like, I brought him home. I was like, hey, show me a punch. And I was like, weak, weak. If you, if you try that stuff on the playground, you're going to get beat, son. You know what I mean? Because I remember being on the playground and some kid was like, what, you want some? I know karate. I beat that kid up every time. You were the enforcer? Well, I was, I was kind of the, you know, the guy you had to get through. Yeah, yeah, I was always the victim. You were? Yeah. Nugget was? Yeah. Although I guess I, didn't, I wasn't really bullied. I was never a bully, but I never took crap from anybody. Really? Older or younger. Interesting. And so I was, so the karate wasn't his jam. So I've got to find something, but it might just be graphic novels. Let, let me so uh, today I've got to take him to a comic book store, and we're going to go. That's exciting. Get some comic books and say. Have at it. Yeah, let's see, let's see what you're into. But some of those novels, they're pretty bad. Really? Yeah. Like, in what way? Well, they're pretty graphic, like the oh. title suggests. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know if you can get, like, death and destruction. When Bowdoin was born. Yeah. Did you have, like, did you envision, because I think most men, whether they, would, whether they admit it or not, you know, really want to have a son. Yeah. And I, I think that's fair to say. But well, we threw a Hail Mary for my son because I had two girls and my ex-wife's pregnancies weren't very good. She puked a lot and had to get IVs and all that stuff. And so every time we, the, the idea of a third came along, I was, I was pushing for it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to throw this Hail Mary. Hopefully, I'm going to get a son. If I had another girl, I'd have been cool, you know, but I was like, I'm going to throw this. And so did you, like... When- Touchdown. Yes. Hail Mary, I like it. Uh, did you ever, like, were you, were you, when he was born, were you like, okay, th- this is how I hope, this is what I hope he's into, and this is what I hope he's good at? I, but yeah, but I think that it's not just exclusive to men. I think women think the same thing. Everybody th- hopes that their offspring embodies all the good things right. about us. You know, and they're like, and, and, and I think that's why you get a lot of these sideline parents and that, that go crazy because they want them to do the things that they didn't do. And they want them to be better than that. I'll tell you the story, and this is, and it's crazy. So my dad is my best friend, and my whole life I wanted to be my dad. I remember being in fifth grade, we're sitting down there, and the teacher's like, we're going to do a report on what you want to be when you grow up. And everyone else was doing doctors, they were doing lawyers, they were doing astronauts. And on mine, I said, I want to be my dad. And I remember the teacher goes, you want to be your dad? And I go, yeah, he's the coolest person I know. And he goes, well, that's really not a profession. And I was like, well, that's what I want to be. I want to be my dad. And so long story to bring this back around, I remember when I was going through some hard times, I was telling my dad, I was like, hey, dad, as long as I'm half the man you are, I think I'm going to be okay. And my dad got mad. He really got mad. And he goes, you don't get it, son. I want you to be better than me and because I've worked to give you everything that I didn't. And so I think that's the natural progression of being right. a parent. So you, you take the good things that you learned as a kid, and then you pass them on to your kid. But the things that didn't really work for you, you change them up a little bit. So I want my son, I want my daughters to be better than I am. Right. Uh, it's, 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 it's a fascinating conversation and one that maybe we need to have in the next episode. But I, I do think it's worthwhile because there are expectations that are placed on children that personally I think are uh, not necessarily unrealistic but un- unfair. 
You know, I, th- I think I think we should have another uh, a whole podcast dedicated to this and maybe have a psychologist in and, and, and talk about that because I think a lot of times parents live vicariously through their kids and put these expectations and put these things on these kids that is just added pressure that is unrealistic. Well, let's continue the conversation, if you don't mind, because I, I think here locally in Utah, it's specific to certain... And, and again, it's... Are you talking sports or are you talking about religion? Both. I think it, but they both relate to one another to a certain extent. Okay. I mean, I can, I can see, I can see, you know, as an outsider. But for us in here, there's, we don't know any different. Kind of. I think we're starting to, 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 to find out more. But it's, it's interesting. I, if you want to go down this road, I'm cool. Let's go. You know, but I think for like when I sat down there with my son and I realized that he was into graphic novels. I, w- I didn't know how I was going to take it because back then when I was a young kid and the kid was into graphic novels, he was considered a nerd. But now people celebrate their, their nerdness. They, they really do. No, I, I know. And so if, that's, if he wants to be creative, and he, that's, then I go, cool, man, let's do that. Because maybe you're not going to have a diver on your Letterman jacket, you know, and that's okay. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm okay with that. You know, and yeah, no, I, I remember when I just had my first two daughters because I always envisioned me having kids and going to the football games and seeing my kids play football and doing this. And then when I had my first two daughters, I go, I'm still going to the football games. I'm just going to see my daughters dance, you know, yeah. and, and they're still part of the community and they do that. I, I, think, I think team sports are an important part of growing up because it teaches you how to be a good team member and the responsibility of being on a team that you need to do your part. And if everybody does their part, we can win. Not always, but yes, I I, I I agree. You know, and my parents, they, they never really pushed us into sports. What they pushed us was that if you sign up for a team, you will finish that season. Commit. You will commit and you will finish that season. Because so many times you'd get halfway through and realize that you're riding the bench or you weren't that good. You're unhappy. Yeah, and it wasn't what you thought it was. And so you wanted to bone out and be like, hey, look, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to these practices to sit on the bench. And I remember my mom and dad sitting me down and go, no, you signed up. We paid. And you will sit, sit this, you'll see the season out. You've you got to do that. I, I, I'm all for it. Let, let's take a time out and then I'll share my perspective. Because I think, I think it's interesting and I'd love to hear what some of our listeners and viewers have to say on the matter too. You're listening to Dadtastic. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Dadtastic. It's ready for Tom's hot take. Well, it's not necessarily a hot take, I don't think. Okay. So we live in Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah. Right. And and a very diverse uh, group of people that live here. And I love that about him. Um, More diverse than I think if you didn't live in Utah, you would assume. Like, there, there are a lot of white people here. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the, I don't have the number, but I think it's one of the top states in America when, you know, like a lot of white people. But there are a lot of Hispanic people as well. Um, it's just that there aren't a lot of uh, black Americans, African Americans that live here, which is, uh, I would prefer to see more personally because I think the more diverse 
uh, a city is, a culture is, a community is, I think the better. And I oh, think you kids bet. growing up, they get a, they get to understand different cultures and different lifestyles, and I think that's beneficial. But anyway, uh, my wife and I, my wife grew up in the church, the Church of uh, Latter Day Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never did, uh, and in fact, funny story. Quickly, when I was coming over to Utah for the first time to attend the University of Utah. Uh, I, I, I'll never forget this. My, my gran, my mum's mum, she goes, whatever you do, do not marry a Mormon. And I was like, I don't even know what a Mormon is, gran. You know, that's where I was at. Yeah. And lo and behold, I end up marrying one, albeit, <laughs> albeit she, uh, not active, yeah. but grew up in, in the church and all that. But, uh, so we have bubbles, right? And we're talking about expectations on children. Um, and it's something my wife and I have had quite a few conversations about because uh, jokingly, but somewhat serious, you know, I'll often say, I can't wait for him to be an amazing soccer player, golfer, like whatever. Yeah, and I kind of say it to get, try and get under her skin because that's part of the game and yeah. I enjoy that. And she's always, she's always goes, he'll be whatever he wants to be. Yeah, that's what moms say. And that's what moms say. And, and I agree with her because I think the bottom line when it comes to expectation on children is, and I've always felt this way, is whatever he wants to be, as long as he's happy, then I think I've done my job. Yeah, I agree. Is that fair? Yeah. Um, and really, I, I, I don't, I honestly do not care like if he wants if he wants to join a church then go for it join a church and if mum and dad aren't into that then it doesn't matter it's his life yeah. right it's it's not I'm not here I'm I'm just here to guide him as a parent I'm not here to and I think up until a certain age you do have to kind of you do have to kind of put your foot down and say hey this isn't right. This is where this is what you should be doing. But then they get to a certain age and they go, "Hey, they're old enough now to make some decisions yeah. of their own, and also some consequences." Right. But 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 failing is part of the journey. Always. Always. And so it's it's interesting because my in-laws, um, they they're still quite religious, um, and they've been pretty good about not uh, making comments regarding bubbles and religion. And obviously he's seven months, so it's like even if they did, he wouldn't know what they're talking about. But occasionally he will be, um, my, my in-laws will, will say something like, uh, and people might think this is, this is kind of crazy, but they'll say, he's such a handsome, such a uh, handsome young boy. And and that's true. He is. He's a very good-looking child. And and uh, and then and then they'll go ahead and say something like, "You're gonna, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have women all around you, you know, in not that many years." But my wife, she'll say, she'll say, "Hey, Dad, like he might not be into girls," and then he can't wrap his head around it. Oh, he's old school. And he, well, yeah, he's like 70, I think he's 72 or something. You yeah. Know? And, and, and so, it's so fascinating because here we are at the dinner table and my wife is, and she's always been one to stand up for herself or people she loves and tell her parents kind of how she feels. And that can be quite controversial sometimes. But very admirable. Certainly. You know, um, I like that. But, but if anybody in that family is going to cause 
a bit of chaos, it's Kate. Lord and Savior Kate. Our Lord and Savior, because she'll just speak her mind. And I like that. I think that's I think that's cool. And she doesn't have a, a great understanding specifically with within her family. Like from a business standpoint, she's she's obviously much more um, um, she's much more reined in. You know, and she knows I probably shouldn't say this. But when it comes to her family, like no, 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 she doesn't hold back. It's like no, this is how I feel. And and now that we have a kid, like you have to act a certain way around him. And anytime she or or the in laws bring up something. Like I said, like he, like my, my, my father-in-law, he's an army brat, right? He grew up, his old man flew helicopters and planes in the army. And, um, and so he bounced around. He has, a t- he has a bunch of guns, and he's into all that sort of stuff. And he'll say something like, he like you're going to need a rifle to protect yourself from all these women, Freddie. And my wife is like, hey, Dad, cut it out, dog. Like, what if he's gay? <laughs> But he's going to need a rifle to protect himself from all these men. But, but my, my, my father-in-law will be like, oh, no, 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 no. He, he won't be gay. And it's such a fascinating <laughs> thing. And there's, look, there's nothing I can do about it. No, but just sit the, I, you know, but I think the fact that they're having these conversations and the world is having these conversations means we're progressing and going in the right direction. But, but to, take, to kind of go full circle with this whole thing, it, it's um, as long as he's happy. Yeah. And that's all Kate and I care about. And it's true. And, of course, you know, if he, if he turns out to be an amazing soccer player or just an athlete and has great hand-eye cool, like that's just added bonus for me personally because then I can go watch him and kind of live my childhood again, which I think is cool. But if he's not, like you, you in, in Bowden's sense, right, where he's into fictional, if Freddie or Bubbles is into that, then, then I'm, all, I'm all about it, man. You know, the cool thing about, and you only have one, so you don't realize this, but once you have more than one child. So I know, I can look at my oldest, my middle, and my youngest, and I can see myself in each of those kids. I can also see my ex-wife in each of those kids. Right. And I can, it, it's fun, and it's so rewarding to see them. Like when Frankie uh, gets a, a joke or says a joke, I go, wow, that's quick, that's good. Or Presley, the way she handles her friends in certain situations, I go, oh, that's it's just like dad. You're so good, you know. <laughs> and and Bowden and and I just love it so much that I, I mean I get to enjoy all those different aspects of it. Yeah. But then the sad part is is sometimes like I've had to have this conversation with my kids. I go, "Hey, you're just like me, and I can see this road you're going down is not going to be good because you're not applying yourself and you're not doing this. I did that, and I'm just trying to tell you." It didn't work out so well for me, and I could have been a lot better had I done this. Yeah. And so, the, but I remember my parents sitting me down and telling me the same thing when I was young, and I was like, well, I'm 18. I know what I'm doing. You're not, come on. I, I got this. I didn't have that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and had I listened to them, I think I'd have been a lot further than I am today. But then again, like we said, failure is part of the journey. And wow. so you, sometimes you have to fall. It's yeah. not how many times you fall, it's how many times you get up. Exactly. And I do think a psychologist would be able to speak better on this subject. I got a buddy. Let's do it. But while we're here, I, I do think that there are even people that listen to our podcast. Uh-huh. And there are, well, there are families across the entire world. It's not just Utah. But We've got eight people in Australia listening. Yes, we do. International, the show is. It is yeah, it's a kind <laughs> of. Australia's not a very religious place in uh-huh. general. Mm-hmm. I think America as a country's... Really, quite religious. Yeah, 
um, but whatever it is. Like in here, God we trust. Yes. In, in Utah, there's obviously the LDS church aspect. But anyway, there are families all around the world that deal with this stuff. And it, it must be really hard. And I think here locally, you hear stories of families, for example, like, like, like Kate, right? Kate grew up in an LDS household. And her parents are still quite active uh, in the church, and, and, and it's what they believe in. And, um, and anywho, when, when Kate, at the age of 14, said, hey, I don't think this is for me right now, then they had a really hard time gauging and understanding why that was the case for her. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, like, they didn't like that. And, and I understand why you wouldn't like that. Uh, and, and Kate and her family is not the only one, I'm sure, that has had to deal with this sort of stuff. But uh, how you go about it, I think, is really... And now they're at a great place, and they're accepting. And they say, look, she's, she's not all that into the church, and that's fine. And I remember when I married Kate, uh, when I asked her parents for... Um, permission? Permission. Uh, boy, boy, by the way, was that nervous. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. I want to hear that. <laughs> that was so ner- I did it twice. Did you? Yeah. See, I never did it. You never did it? No, I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So I remember uh, Kate was at work, uh, and her parents were upstairs. And at the time, we lived in her basement. Uh-huh. You said, hey, I've been living at your house. And by the way, that's another story, because I'm sleeping in the same bed as their daughter, and we're not married, and they're quite religious, and we're not necessarily all that religious at all. But for them to be able to allow that, I think... Pretty accepting. Is, pretty open. It's pretty cool. Um... And anywho, so I remember I'm upstairs and uh, Bill, the, the, the father, Kate's dad, was going to grab some pizzas. And so he goes, he goes and gets pizzas, but I, the whole time I know I'm going to ask for permission, right? Mm-hmm. And so he leaves, and for whatever reason, I decided to ask the mum first. Why? Um, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool and different. Okay. And most people, like, like, like a lot of people will only ask the dad, yeah, which is kind of archaic. I, I, I think that's wrong. Sure. And so instead, I just flipped it on its head. Because, I mean, you really don't need to ask. Well, you don't need to ask at all. But if anything, I'm under the impression you should ask the mum before you ask the dad. Okay. But anyway, that, that's up for debate, and we can talk about that another time. So I asked the mum, and we had this conversation. She starts crying, and then the dad get, and then Bill gets home, and Kate's dad, and the, Margo's crying, and he's like, what's going on? And then I asked the dad, and then we have this long-winded conversation. But I remember... In the midst of all that, mm-hmm. Margot goes, hey, Tom, hey, just out of curiosity, if Kate decides to go back to the church, would you be okay with that? And, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. It just got real. Yeah, well, you're asking for a hand in marriage. It should have been real at that point. I mean, it was real the whole time, especially once tears started shedding. Yeah. But when she asked that question, I was like, wow. And of course, I was like, yes. Yeah, of course, of course I'm going. Like, I'm a small piece to an otherwise very large puzzle. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, like there are so many aspects within any relationship, let alone a marriage, that I can only control so much. I can control me and what I do and what I say and how I act and how I feel. But if my wife wants to go back to the church or start a new hobby, then, like, 
I can't tell her no. No. Because that's not for me to do, right? I'm with you. I can say I can I can say that I don't know if I like the decision. And maybe that'll cause some chaos and, and an argument or a disagreement, but yeah, of course, if if she wants to go back to the church, then she can go to the church. And I think it's the same thing with children. I think a better question would have been if she goes back and I don't, will she be all right with that? Ah, see, we haven't gone there yet. Because well, you never know. I mean, because I can tell you right now, the story you just told, besides asking the parents to get married, was the same story of my first marriage. Really? Yeah. And my ex-wife did go back to the church. After how many years? Probably seven. Oh, okay. So quite soon. Yeah. And, and an active member there, and, and all three of my kids have been baptized. And I remember when they asked my, my kids, two of them got baptized when we were still married, and then my son just recently got baptized. And my ex-wife calls me and goes, hey, Bowden wants to get baptized. I go, Bowden does? And she goes, yeah. And I go, okay. I said, so you okay with that? I said, let me talk with him. And so, uh, you know, I, Bowden comes in and I go, hey, son. He goes, hey, dad. I go, uh, your mom says you want to get baptized. He goes, yeah. And I go, can I just ask you a question? He goes, sure. I go, why do you want to get baptized? He goes, I don't know. I kind of want the experience. It's a good answer. And I went, done. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Because what I imagined him saying was some stuff that he'd been force-fed or, right. you know, that, that, and so, but to me, he goes, I want the experience. And I go, I want you to have that experience. I want you to have whatever you want. You know, and if, 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 if that's what you want, then cool. And he goes, and, and, and everything's fine. So right now, my kids, you know, I'm not LDS. My ex-wife is LDS. And everything seems to be working out just how it should be. Now, does it complicate some stuff here and there? Sure it does. But like you said, and I believe it 100%, I just want my kids to be happy. Yep. I want my kids to have the ability to grow, to learn, to experience, to win, to fail, all those things. That's what I want for them. And I think as a dad, that's the number one goal, is to give your kids the best life you can. You're listening to Dadtastic. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Dadtastic. It's time to switch gears just a little bit. How you feeling, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Hey, did you shower today? Nope. How often do you shower? Once a day. Morning or evening? Depends on what I'm doing that day. Uh, so walk me through a scenario. You're coming to do a podcast. When are you going to shower? Uh, knowing that there are cameras, uh, probably this evening. So you, you're going to shower after the cameras have been on? Yeah, that's not a good decision. Wouldn't uh, like recommend or advocate other people making that? Same decision, uh-huh. but uh, look, I just figured today, this afternoon, um, I might sweat a little bit. You know, maybe go work out or something. Yeah. So you know, why would you? Why would you shower when you know you're gonna work out? Need a shower later. Ever a tub? Bath? Yeah. <sighs> for I haven't had one for years. So my ex-wife loves the tub. But yeah, no, I don't hate the tub. Either. I hate the tub. Oh. Oh, I think the tub is the worst thing in the world. This is my ex-wife loved the tub, and all my kids love a tub. I think a tub is filthy. I think it's dirty. I think you're bathing in your own swaller. It just makes no sense to me. So you hate the concept behind the tub? Think about it. Okay, you're dirty. You fill up a bathtub of water, okay? Mm. And then you're going to get in there, and you're going to scrub, and all the dirt's going to come off your body, and then you're going to sit in that filth for another 10 minutes while you're reading your magazine or your book or whatever you're just sitting there and then it's gonna all get back on you well i think the idea of the tub is 
you put soap on your body, mm-hmm. and then the soap's quite slippery. Yeah. And so if there are any, any dirt in the water because of the soap on it, your body, it doesn't stick. Oh. I think that's how the tub works. But look, I, I'm no scientist. Well, no, and, and that's obvious. But I'm trying to get my kids into showering. Because I don't want to have to clean a tub, and I'm just not a big fan of the tub, and I think it's dirty, and I think you need to shower. And so I've gotten my kids. Bowden doesn't like to shower because he hasn't mastered the shampoo in the eyes yet. So What do you mean? He's like, every time I get in the shower, Dad, shampoo gets in my eyes. I go, well, then lean your head back. And he goes, oh. And we have this conversation all the time. So I'm always like, hey, let's just try a shower. And he's like, but Dad, because he still wants to get in there with his toys. and, and Bubble bath. Yeah. You the know. bubble bath as a child was the, 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 the bubble undefeated. Bath. But I, I used to have to get in there with my, my brother. And when that, you were small? Yeah, when I was small. Yeah. And that wasn't fun. Really? Yeah, I mean, not really. Why? I'm just not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of the tub. Like, even as a young child, you were never a fan of the tub? I remember coming home from skiing when I was a kid, and we'd ski all day long. We'd get in the tub, and then we'd fall right asleep. And so I liked that because it just it was just a nice way to end of the day. But when I got old enough, it's was like, no, man, I'm in the shower. But you're getting me off point. So Sorry. I'm teaching my kids how to shower. Not well, the oldest kids, I don't, they just shower themselves. So I go, Frankie. She goes, Yeah, dad. I go, Shower. Because when I have the kids, you know, on my days, I got to prepare them for school. So we have to shower that night before because I'm usually gone in the morning. So I can't get them ready. So it's like, Hey, get in the shower. She goes, Okay. So I get on bed and she's in the shower and I turn on the NCIS uh, LA because I want to see what's going on with them, you know, because I got to catch up on my stories. And I just turn it on. And it goes to commercial, and when the commercial's back, Frankie's walking out of the shower. And I was like, hey. She goes, yeah. I go, you're done? And I go, she goes, yeah. I go, well, that was a quick shower. She goes, washed what I needed. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> she goes, I washed what I needed. And I was like, okay. But my question is, <laughs> how long is an appropriate time to shower? I think it's all situational. But for the most part, what's your average shower time? Six minutes. Six minutes? Give or take? Yeah. Uh, Josh, I know you don't have a mic, but how, how long of a shower do you usually take? Five to ten. Five to ten. See, ten seems like a lot. Well, time flies when you're having fun. That's the other thing. And when you're in the shower, like, you, ha- you, you, have a good, you should have a good time in the shower because it's refreshing. So I, when I'm in the shower, i got to listen to music. Have you, t- have you started to time yourself in the shower? No, but, oh. I, but I know it's usually about a two-song shower. Okay, so that, that's pretty quick. If that's the song's six about minutes. Okay, the oh. average song is about 320. Okay, all right. I'm a DJ, and so I know that. But I think Leslie spends a lot of time in the shower. Well, but okay, women... But I think she does shaving in there as well. Yeah, women have to do more than men. But I think probably about a six-minute shower is probably about wrong. right. Women don't have to. They choose to do more than men. Yeah. Well, they've got... Hi, you're on the podcast. Please don't swear. How are you? Good. How are you? Hey, so we're talking about shower times today on the podcast, and I was telling everybody that I think you spend probably more time than need be in the shower. How long do you think you shower for? Well, it depends on if I'm shaving or not. So, but how long do you think? Mm, 10 to 12 minutes. 10 to 12 minutes. Even, uh, what do you think? How long do you think I take? Seems like hours. I mean, I mean, your your makeup and your routine to get to work is. What would you say is probably two hours? Yeah. She gets up two hours early to get ready to go to work. Doesn't that seem insane? Yeah, Kate. 
does the same thing. Let me ask you this serious question, then I'll hang up. Uh, that shower cap you wear, do you think it makes you look sexy? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's, it's like straight out of the 50s. It's this pink thing that it's comes bad. down. It's pink, and I don't even wear pink. <laughs> All right, love you, bye. Oh, it's so funny. Like one time I come in the bedroom, and she's got this shower cap on. I was like, Aunt B, what's going on? <laughs> this is so funny. Kate's the same way, though. So she's working from home at the minute. So she, her, so she, half the time she doesn't even shower anymore. I mean, it's, she's gone yeah. quite filthy. Yeah, Kate. Uh, uh-huh. I shouldn't say that because if she listens, she's going to get angry. I called her. Well, I'd be more worried about her parents, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, <probably> <laughs> <right>. <laughs> um, but, but, but when she goes to work or, or if she's leaving the house and she's trying to get ready. Going to the country club. She, don't bring that up, makes me angry. She, she does take a long time, man. And you know what, though? She's gotten faster, uh-huh. which is good. When we first started dating, it took hours. And I was like, love. I was like, we got places to be, people to meet. Let's go. And she's like, I'm trying. And it would cause, it would cause this whole ordeal. But I think showering is, there's an art to it, certainly. So do you wash your feet in the shower? We talked about this before, but have you started to wash your feet? No, I let the, I let the soap drip down onto my feet and assume that they're being washed that way. But don't you think there needs to be some sort of friction or contact in order to get again, that dirt again, off? Again, si- again, it's situational. Mm-hmm. So if I spend the day in the garden and my feet are covered in dirt, yeah, because I've been in the dirt, and then even though if I'm wearing socks and sneakers, dirt will still make its way, then yes, I wash my feet. But if, my, if I don't have dirt on my feet and I've been wearing socks and shoes and I haven't been in the dirt all day, I've just been in the house, then no. Okay. And it's the same thing, like if I go work out, right, then and I've been sweating all day, then I'm probably going to wash my hair because I've had sweat in my hair, and that probably is deserving of a wash. But if I don't sweat, and I've just had a regular day in front of the computer working, watching television, looking after bubbles, making food, then I'm probably not going to wash my hair. So to me, showering's all situational. But, but even if I wash my hair, scrub my feet, and do everything need be, I'm probably in the shower for 10 minutes. Yeah, I can get in and out of six. But if I don't need to wash my hair or I don't feel like I need to, then I'm probably in there for, yeah, five or six minutes. Has Bubbles had a tub sink yet? Like, has he been uh, washed in the sink? Yeah. In the kitchen? Uh-huh. Uh-uh. That's, that's cool. I've been, I, wanted, I, want, I brought it up to Kate, and she's like, what are you talking about? And I said, no, we, we can do it in the sink. Yeah, all my kids uh, had sink tubs. Really? It was, it was awesome. Yeah, I, th- I think we're going to try it this week. Yeah, give, give, give a sink tub. Give it a shot because, I mean, you clean it out really well, fill it up a little bit of water, you know, and then you've got the, the, the sprayer thing. Uh-huh. You can give them a little wet, and they're like, yeah, this is cool. So he has, like, almost like his own little sink that we put in, a, in the tub. Uh-huh. So it's very similar. But, yeah, the spraying, the concept of the spray, I think, is a game changer because in the tub we don't have that. Uh-huh. We just have the tap. Anyway, you, so you, uh, if you don't mind me changing the subject. Go ahead. You brought up um, something that, that rang a bell. Okay. A few minutes ago, you, you, you said that growing up, you went skiing, and then when you came back, you, you, you slept really well. You had a bath and all that. But mm-hmm. I'm really, with winter approaching, uh, I'm really nervous about this winter. And I'm, I'm even more nervous about next winter. Why? Because my wife, Kate, is, is an incredibly talented skier. Okay. 
And she wants you to learn? You know where this is going. So I can ski and I can snowboard. snowboard. Yeah. And I can go down... Like, I've gone down double blacks. Okay. I can do it. Yeah. I don't like doing it. Uh, and, and I'm the type of guy where, especially if I'm skiing and I'm in those ski boots, I have to rent because I don't own... My wife has her own skis and ski boots and all that good stuff because she okay. loves it. She's talented. She, she goes down there smooth as butter. She looks pretty. Carving. Just, carving. Oh, yeah. Like, it just looks fluent for her. Uh-huh. And me, I'm going down there, like, shaking, you know, like... And so I get to lunchtime if we go to the cabin or the lodge, and I'm like, if I'm wearing ski boots, I'm taking them off right there and then. But that's a big no-no, right? People say keep your ski boots on because they're much easier. It's much harder to put them back on after a yeah, half you day. Can, well, you can. Yeah, you can. I mean, it depends. I mean, ski boots now are so much better than when I was a kid. I mean, I've got ski boots now that have been melted and heat form to my feet so my foot just slides in yeah and it's a game changer but when you rent it's not that way no it's not no. and i rent yeah we got to get you some new boots i am petrified i i, I am really petrified and scared of teaching freddie to ski oh it's great i just no, got... it's not gonna be great for me why okay? because the whole skiing hurts and no. this is the other thing. This is, so my, oh, my wife, I'm so excited for you because I just, I just, my son just recently learned to ski. At nine? Well, he, about two years ago okay. we got him going up. So but, Freddie's going to, like, Bubbles, Kate's like, no, no, he's going to the mountain at two. I started at three. Yeah. Up in uh, Ogden, up at Snow Basin. Ray Miller taught me how to ski. And uh, they do a little edgy wedgy, a little pizza thing in front mm. of them. You get them on. It's the best time to teach them. I don't know if you saw on Utah. It's been sweeping uh, the country right now. They got an eight-month-old water skiing at Lake Powell. I haven't seen that. Yeah, from Utah. Oh, was he hanging on? Yeah. And strapped in? Yeah. Saw it. The youngest water skier ever from Utah. I mean, we're, that's what we're known for here. We get out and we enjoy this great state. So I think if I, if I was you... Take the lessons with your son. That's what I'm going to have to do. Yeah. But that is a blow to the confidence level. Why? Embrace it. He's going to be like two years old. So what? He's not going to remember. You're going to have those times. It's like skiing. Let Lauren Savior Kate go up there and shred the mountain. You guys get on the bunny hill, make a few turns, go in and get some cocoa and some oatmeal, maybe some chili. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. You know what I mean? That's that's it. (laughs) Those are family memories, bro. You just made it sound a lot better than it's going to be. This is what's going to happen, and this is... This is why I'm so nervous. You think she's going to fall in love with the ski instructor and leave you? No, no. Heavens oh. no, no. My no. mind went somewhere else. Yeah, no, 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 no. But I'm, I, I have a pretty good feeling he's going to pick up skiing pretty quickly. You're, you're a collegiate athlete. You had a hot cup of coffee in the NFL. Yeah, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean I'm a good skier. Well, because you haven't practiced. Were you a great golfer when you first started? No, but my problem is... Why do is, I feel like you're my son? I think if you keep trying, you're going to get better. I, I, I have no doubt that I'm going to get better. My problem with skiing is that it's dangerous. Well, yes. Yeah, I, I don't love that idea. So let me ask you this. What do you like better? Do you like skiing or snowboarding? Snowboarding. Well, then snowboard. I, my wife's family, they're skiers, and you know how that dynamic unfolds. That's not... You, you don't ski the mountain the same, but do what you love. Remember what we talked about? As long as Tom's happy. Yeah, but I think in this, in this instance, it, it doesn't relate. Really? I don't think I have a choice. Okay, well then, let's get you. Skis are different now. They're wider. You, can, you get a lot more range on them. It, it's, it's cool. You, you, I'll take you up. 
We should go. I ski raced as a kid. No, I you you mentioned that. And I, then I, I was know a snowboarder, good. and I snowboarded for probably from 1987 till about 2002. So for for I, I've dated Kate now. I dated her for seven years. We've been married now for two. So it's been quite some time since Nine we've known years. each other. Yeah. And, um, you know, early going, it wasn't necessarily like this. But probably three, three years into our relationship, I would often get invites to go skiing with the family. And the first couple of years, it was easy for me to get out of because I was still trying to get understand the family. And I was like, guys, like, thanks. I'm just going to hold you up. Yeah, yeah, but thanks for the invite. I'll just, I, I'm good. I promise. You'll have more fun without me. And they were like, you sure? Yeah, yeah, sure. Anyway, they didn't... They, you know, you get to know people better, and then they gain confidence, and they're like, hey, Tom, grab you. You're going skiing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Jiminy Christmas. This isn't cool. So I would tag along, and I'd be fine. Like, I wouldn't fall, um, and I could stay on my feet, but certainly my quads would start to burn. Oh, Run number two or three. That ski burn. Oh. And they just want to keep going and going, and then they want to take these harder runs, and I'm just trailing up the back, you know, just – Hanging on for dear life, you know, just concentrating as well because, you know, any little bump down the ski run and I'm going sideways. See, I think you've overthought this. I've already figured this out for you. Bubbles is your savior. Well, you guys go up and the family goes skiing and you go, hey, go ride with your parents. Go have some fun. I'm going to sit down here with Bubbles and make sure it's good. And then you guys learn at the same pace. And then, you know, in five years, you're attacking the mountain with the whole family. Maybe. No, maybe. Yes. What if he just... What if he... Because here's the deal. He, he's going to learn the art of skiing at a younger age than I ever did. Yeah. He, he, his ceiling is way higher than mine. So let's say he at nine or ten, he's a very good skier. Yeah. I'm never going to be that good. Why? Because, because my ceiling is limited based on the age in which I'm starting. I'm 28. I'm 28. Hey, listen... Right now, we're breaking through glass ceilings every which way but loose. You, you know what? Don't give yourself a ceiling. Let's see how good you can go. I, I appreciate the pep talk more than you, you know. Really. I'm, I'm really in with you, buddy. No, I, no, no. I, like, you have no idea how, how much your pep talk has helped because I lose sleep thinking about this. Don't. And listen, I'll go with you. I'll bring my kids. You can ski with Bowden and Frankie. I'll go ride with your wife. Leslie will be down at the lodge getting... Chili ready for everybody. Family affair. I want to be with Leslie, man. Okay. Yeah, I want to be with the chili. Okay. Yeah. I like the chili and I have a great relationship. Bubbles, Steve. Bowden, and Uncle Casey will be just rocking and rolling. Man, you and KB will have a great time. That'll be a good time. And you know what's so cool is like her, Kate's mom, she's getting on. I don't need to say her age because we don't talk about women's age. Uh, but she is really good at My mom's 73 and still likes to make the turns. There's a lot of people out there, man. Margo's not 73, but she's not far off, and she can carve. Yeah. She's... Uh, hey, so, you've been, yeah. you've been listening right. to Dadtastic. We hope you had a great time. As always, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on all our social, and uh, be good. And we love you, and we mean it. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. 
I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.